Hello everyone and welcome to episode 39 of Added Time and Games and Graps Studio Podcast. And I am back again to have a look at all things football. Premier League, results, preview of the games coming up, the talking points. I really want to deep dive this week into the relegation battle as well. And there's a couple of little bits I want to cover in terms of European football also. So let's dive straight into it. I know that there has been so much football over the last couple of weeks to the point where I even had to go and very quickly just listen to the end of the last episode to see where I was in terms of fixtures because I was getting myself all confused because there's just been so many games. And I'll admit I am feeling very footballed out at the moment. Whether that's to do with the predicament that my team are in, but I know one or two others have, have said the same. They said, you know, I just need a night off from watching football, which is mad because we all love the sport and we love watching football, but sometimes you just want to sit down and chill and maybe watch a film or a bit of TV or do what I've been doing for the last couple of hours, which is playing Uno on my Xbox. Never played it before. Always wanted to. And then Sonny says, oh, well, I listened to Sonny's podcast this week, episode 20 of the Clubhouse, which is available now. Listened to that and he was talking about Uno and I thought, you know what, I'm going to get on it. And that's what I've just been doing for the last <laughs> hour, maybe two, actually. Just playing against the bloody computer. But anyway, it's nice to just chill and not really think about football too much. But I wanted to do an episode because... There's stuff to talk about. So let's crack on. Now, my first bit of advice to anyone would be do not go to the bookies or go betting online with my predictions because they're horrendous. I said that Brighton Wolves would be a draw. And Brighton won 6-0 in a performance that Jurgen Klopp said is one of the best performances he's seen of any side. Which is high praise indeed. Uh, Brighton, like I say, I've been waxing lyrical about Brighton all season. A brilliant team. uh, A brilliant club, in my opinion. And I think what Deserby's done is he's gone in there and he's actually taken... Brighton to the next level. I think Potter leaving Brighton and going to Chelsea has almost done them a favour in a way. So 6-0 to Brighton, massive, massive result. But Wolves are pretty much safe now. I'm not saying that they've down in tools or anything, but they're pretty much safe. Exciting game at the GTEC Community Stadium. Brentford against Forest. So Forest were leading that for a large part of the game. Brentford getting two goals in the last 10 minutes or so to heap more misery onto Nottingham Forest. Palace 4, West Ham 3. This was a brilliant game. I watched this one and it was very, very back and forth. West Ham did take the lead even though for that first few minutes Crystal Palace were all over them. Uh, then Palace took the lead to make it 2-1, then 3-1, then 3-2. Mental game. And we got to 4-3 in the end. All three of West Ham's goals coming from corners as well. So that'll disappoint Roy Hodgson, who's obviously a very pragmatic manager, who likes to set up, you know, 
defence first, keep a clean sheet and all that sort of stuff. But what we've actually seen from Hodgson now uh, in his more, most recent spell that he's currently in at Crystal Palace is a very, very attacking team. His first game against Leicester, Palace had something ridiculous like 31 shots on goal. Now that tells you a little bit about Leicester as well at the same time, but this is a very different sort of approach to football that we're seeing from Roy Hodgson. And whether it's because Palace have got those young, exciting players uh, and sprinkle that with the experience of Zaha as well, you know, very forward-thinking players, maybe that's what he's doing. He's playing to the strengths of the team. But a good game. It does leave West Ham down there still a little bit. And people aren't really talking about West Ham as potential, you know, potentially going down. But I'll come on to it a bit later. I don't think they're completely out of the woods just yet. Talking of a crazy game on Sunday. Liverpool 4, Spurs 3. Now, we saw against Newcastle that Tottenham, the Tottenham-Newcastle game when Newcastle were 5-0 up after 21 minutes. And after 15 minutes in this game, Liverpool were 3-0 up. And it looked like game over. Harry Kane scores again. Make it 3-1 just before half-time, a few minutes before half-time. Then 3-2. And in the second half, actually, Spurs were the far better team. They were much, much better. Liverpool, I, I don't know what had happened. Had they sort of rested on their laurels? Did they think it was game over? And we ended up getting to uh, a stage of the game where um, Richarlison scores his first goal of the season, Premier League goal of the season, in the 93rd minute. Cue limbs, wild celebrations everywhere. The ex-Everton man has gone to Anfield and after them being 3-0 up has made it 3-3. And all Spurs have got to do is see the game out for another couple of minutes and they've got an amazing point from what looked like an impossible situation. And then Lucas Moura <laughs> passes the ball to Diego Jota, who goes through and just bangs it in the bottom corner, and it ends up being 4-3 to Liverpool. It was a crazy, crazy game of football. Um, and I tell you, the, the fixtures and the results of the weekend just gone, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just mad. It's just mad. We had we we had this. Um, was it was it after the restart or it was the first the the start of the season the COVID season where the whole season we had didn't have fans or pretty much the whole season where games were just like three two and four three four four. It was it was crazy and that's what this weekend was like. Newcastle winning three one. You know they were one nil down at one point against Southampton, but they did manage to pull it back and win 3-1, so Newcastle keep marching on. Man United with a 1-0 win against Aston Villa, so Aston Villa's great run finishes, but, you know, 1-0 to United at Old Trafford, it's no, you know, it's nothing to be sort of too gutted about, I guess, and, you know, Villa are still on a, have been on a great run and had a great season, so Fulham 1, Man City 2, so we had a record-breaking moment in this game. Erling Haaland with a penalty in the third minute. And I believe that made it 
his 34th goal of the season, which equaled Alan Shearer and Andy Cole's record of most goals in a Premier League season. And then uh, Julian Alvarez uh, getting a goal the other side of a Carlos Vinicius equaliser for Fulham. So Man City keep winning and keep putting that pressure on Arsenal. Down on the South Coast, Bournemouth for Leeds 1. And this result for Leeds saw the end of Javi Grazia. 10 games in charge and he is gone already. The sporting director of Leeds United also sacked as well. I think that's where a majority of the anger from the Leeds fans is being directed. At the minute is the board, the owner, the sporting director. The sporting director is gone. I don't think the... I think the owner won't be too far behind should Leeds get relegated. And in what some would say is a bit of a surprise or some are kind of thinking, what the hell are they doing or what is going on at Leeds United? Sam Allardyce is now the new Leeds United manager. So he's coming in for four games. Two of which are against Man City and Newcastle. Again, I don't want to go too far into this. I'll cover it later. Um, But he's being promised a hell of a lot of money to keep them up. We'll see if it works. On to Monday night. A huge game down at the bottom. Massive game. Massive game down at the bottom of the table. Leicester 2, Everton 2. In reality, this was, for the neutrals, a very entertaining game. Very end-to-end. Uh, Leicester did go 1-0 down, Calvert-Lewin penalty, no no arguments with the penalty at all, very clumsy from Castagna. Soyuncu getting one back and then Jamie Vardy, classic Jamie Vardy, threw on goal, rounds Jordan Pickford and in it goes. Vardy also then hitting the bar as well uh, and then sort of fairly early on in the second half, um, James Madison misses uh, a penalty. Now, I'll just very quickly touch on this. You know, the the main thing that's come out of this game, I mean, you know, come the 54th minute, Alex Awobi scores and it finishes 2-2. But Everton were the far better team across the whole game. Two poor teams, don't get me wrong. Uh, I thought Alex Awobi was, was brilliant for, for Everton. He was there. He was definitely their main man. Calvert-Lewin, you know, plenty of running and stuff. But Daniel Everson for Leicester made some unbelievable saves. And without him, Everton could have re- could have easily had four or five, maybe even more. And this is a, a real problem at Leicester. And it has been for a while under Rodgers. And it's still kind of happening a little bit under Dean Smith. Is that we allow too many shots. On goal, we allow we're, we're too easy to play through defensively, and something's got to change. Whatever division Leicester are in next season, and whoever the manager is, has got to address that. You know, the crosses have got to stop coming in. Players have got to stop getting in behind and being able to get shots away. And so, look, like I said, two poor teams defensively, very very poor. Uh, one note, uh, Seamus Coleman went off with what looked like initially a really, really bad injury, potentially a career ender when you factor in the fact that he's already had a broken leg in his career and his age 
etc. But the injury isn't as bad as first feared. But it did look it did look terrible. Um, there was a stretcher. You know, he needed oxygen and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, um, the main talking point from a Leicester fan's point of view is why was James Madison the penalty taker and the excuses that I've heard, even from Dean Smith as well, who, who for me hasn't really said or done anything wrong so far. Uh, you know, I've been fairly pleased with what I've seen. You know, he's dealing with a team very low on confidence, etc. You know, I've talked about it at length. Um, but the excuses that were coming out from various people at the club as to, you know, well, why didn't Jamie Vardy take it? Oh, well, he hasn't, he hasn't really scored a lot of goals this season. Yeah, but if he's your designated penalty taker, he should take it. You know, why not Yuri Tillemans? You know, James Madison's record on penalties is not great. And, you know, I, I know it was probably easy for me to say because I'm the, a very pessimistic Leicester fan. I just knew he was going to miss. Uh, I didn't even watch. I didn't even watch the penalty. I couldn't bring myself to watch it. I just had a horrible feeling he was going to miss. Uh, no Kalechi Iheanacho, who took the last penalty uh, that Leicester scored. So, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't playing. He was he was out injured. So, yeah, a lot of questions around that. And you know, I I don't doubt, and I've said it before, and I don't doubt that James Madison, you know, really really enjoys playing. He's loved his time at Leicester. He he won't want a relegation on his CV. You know, he is obviously a a player that thinks very highly of himself, and he should because he's a fantastic footballer, uh, and he will get a move this summer regardless whether Leicester go down, stay up, whatever. He will get a move this summer. Uh, Newcastle, Tottenham, are supposedly Man United are supposedly interested in him. However, he's he's very much contributing to this downfall. Uh, his his pass that went straight to a Bournemouth player, which meant that we lost one nil to Bournemouth the other week. Uh, the penalty miss this time. So, in these next four games, uh, James Madison has got some making up to do, I guess. Now, I can't fault his efforts throughout the season, and he has blown hot and cold in the in the four four years that he's been with the club. But overall, you know, a brilliant a brilliant player. But it'd be nice for him to get a if he was to get as a couple of goals in this final run in that that sees Leicester stay up. So. Anyway, I will move on from that. Both teams uh, were able to climb out of the bottom three following that result. Anyway, uh, Arsenal 3, Chelsea 1. So Chelsea's woes continue. And they are... It's a good job that they won a few games under Potter and a couple of games under Tuchel because... uh, they their record is dead. They've lost their last four, and I think they've only scored two goals as well. They're on thirty nine points. Mathematically, can still get relegated. It won't happen. It won't happen because they do have a couple of winnable games. But mathematically, they can still go down, and it just seems crazy to me. It crazy to everyone. That there are genuinely Chelsea fans out there, and I'm not mocking these Chelsea fans because they are probably right and they know better than me when it comes to their own club. They feel that the club needs a mini rebuild in the summer. They spent 
half a billion pound in January on players. They've already signed a player ready for the summer in Christopher and Cuckoo. They've just gone and signed a 15-year-old Ecuadorian, which I mentioned the other week. Obviously, he will go straight into the youth team and will be loaned out with the other 50 players that are out on loan for Chelsea. My point being, something is massively wrong at that football club if they need to rebuild having spent £500 million in January. Something is massively wrong. Maybe next season, with an experienced manager, all the talk is that the deal to get Poch through the door is all but done. With Poch there, no European football, maybe next season we see a far better Chelsea than we're currently seeing. They lost 3-1 to Arsenal, who, although under pressure, you know, everyone, like I said last week, talking about Man City, that's Man City's league now, it's Man City's league. This could have quite easily been a game where Arsenal crumbled, but they didn't, and they were very, very convincing 3-1 winners. So, you know, Arsenal aren't giving up this title easily at all. But Man City did follow that up the following night with... A 3-0 win against West Ham. And that man, Erling Haaland, scoring the 35th Premier League goal of the season, which is now a Premier League record. So in his first season with well, first season in the Premier League at 22 years of age, he has broken that record. Uh, and obviously he's done it in far less games you know the the Shearer and Cole record was over a 42 game season back when back when there was more teams in the Premier League than there is now and this has been done in 31 I think it is Uh, Man City still have five games to go so we could make it 40 Premier League goals which the only person I see breaking that record would be Haaland himself. So, um, he's also... I think that 35th goal was also his 50th of the season in all competitions, which is a uh, a record as well. Uh, he's not going to... I don't think he's going to be able to reach Dixie Dean's record of 63. But... Um, I mean, it's it's crazy to me. You look at you look at Harry Kane with twenty five goals in a in a struggling Spurs side. Ordinarily, that would be like, oh my god, Harry Kane is well. We know we know how good he is, but and Ivan Tony got his twentieth goal of the season over the weekend. But Haaland is just is light he's light years ahead <laughs> already. It, it's crazy. Uh, the guy's phenomenal. I know there is an argument to say that, look, you know, Shearer did it in uh, in a team not as not as uh, talented as Man City. You know, could someone like could Sergio Aguero in his prime have scored that many goals in in a season with these players that Haaland has has got around him? So. Look, you can only beat what's in front of you. You can only you can only go off the service that you provided. But 
thing is, well, with with Harland, he's not just he's not just goals. He's providing assists. He's mo- it's the movement. It's you know he's starting to bring a bit of build up play. Pep will scarily enough. Pep will make him a better footballer as well. There's no doubt. Like you, you the, the the natural talent that he, that Harland has got to score goals. That is a what they call a god given gift. You know, you're born with that. You can't teach that. That is just natural. That's just you know. There's no doubt he is a great great goal scorer. But what Pep will do, Pep will make him into a better footballer as well, which is just scary. Really scary. 22 years old. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Remember when that bloke said that he'd flop? (laughs) That guy gets paid to give football opinions. And he comes out with trite like that. And yet here I am doing a podcast for about 30 people to listen to. Hey. What do I know? Not a lot. Uh, Liverpool beat Fulham 1-0 on Wednesday night. And then last night, uh, didn't watch it because, like I said, I was all footballed out. I just wanted to watch a bit of telly. Brighton won, Man United nil. The goal coming in the 99th minute, a penalty by Alexis McAllister. The penalty being given after the full-time whistle which is echoes of what happened a couple of seasons ago when uh, the reverse happened and Man United were given a penalty after the final whistle against Brighton. Now, Man United's away record against the current top 10, of, of which they are obviously a part of, but their away record against the current top 10 is just four points. Obviously from a possible 27 um, that was, I think, a draw against someone, maybe Villa, and they beat Fulham. But that only came in. That was a last-minute Garnacho goal, and that that was the that was the same day the uh, the the thing came out about Ronaldo. So, yeah, I, f- I feel like uh, after after the FA Cup semi-final as well, I, f- I feel that obviously I think Brighton probably overall the better team and all that sort of stuff but hey it's a different game different competition so uh, but yeah Brighton winning there and United need to sort that away record out if they are to be genuine title contenders and and I don't think there's there's, there's it's no secret really that United are a handful of players short of where they would like to be right let's move on because I've just realized I've been waffling for 23 minutes now uh, very quickly though, the Premier League table. So we have Man City at the top by a point, but they have a game in hand still on Arsenal. Uh, and then you've got a huge gap there, uh, 13 points. Third, Newcastle. Uh, Man United in fourth on 63. Liverpool in fifth on 59. So Liverpool, technically, mathematically, all that sort of stuff, can still get in the Champions League. I do think United will be okay though. And I think Newcastle is all but nailed on. Right, before I go into the relegation battle, just a little bit of stuff from European football. So Napoli are champions of Italy for the first time in 33 years. The scenes in Napoli looked absolutely incredible. Unbelievable. Apparently players were having shirts ripped off them. Fire, like the videos of the fireworks going ac- across Naples 
looked amazing. Absolutely amazing. Brilliant. Uh, Osserman with uh, a goal which earned them the draw, which won them the title. That guy is a goal-scoring machine. And I've no doubt he'll be in the Premier League, if not next season, within at least the next two or three seasons. PSG have suspended Lionel Messi for two weeks for an unauthorised visit to Saudi Arabia, I think. Saudi Arabia or Qatar, one of the two. Uh, Some commercial thing that he's got going on, you know, um, and PSG have suspended him without pay. I'm sure he'll be fine. Without pay for two weeks. So I I think this is is very much a sign of, I'm leaving. And it doesn't look like there is going to be a route back to Barcelona for him. So disappointingly, for me, for a player who showed in the World Cup that he is still very much at the top of his game, the the rumour is that he could be going to Saudi Arabia. Not linking up with Ronaldo, but going to their rivals. Although there is talk of Ronaldo leaving already, which does not surprise me. Uh, or the other option is uh, Inter Miami, who are obviously owned. I say obviously, you might not know. Inter Miami, who are owned by one David Beckham. So that would be a, a massive, massive uh, sign-in and a massive thing for the MLS if they were to land Messi. On a, on a contract for a couple of years, which will probably take him to about 37, and then he can retire as the greatest footballer that's ever lived. So there we go. Right then. Oh, and uh, PSG fans have been protesting outside Neymar's house, wanting him to leave. I'd, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, I would need an explanation from a PSG fan as to why that they think that booing Messi is the right thing to do and wanting Neymar out is the right thing to do. It just seems a bit strange to me. Like, if you want to, I'll swap you Harvey Barnes and Dewsbury Hall for Messi and Harvey Barnes. No, no, no. What am I on about? Neymar for Dewsbury Hall, Messi for Harvey Barnes. There you go. We'll do a deal. We'll probably still get relegated. Anywho, let's talk about the bottom end of the table. So as it stands, Southampton are bottom. Followed by... Everton, I think. Let me have a look. Let me have a look. I'm talking. I've got got a computer in front of me. What am I doing? Right, let me start again. Southampton at bottom, followed by Everton. Nottingham Forest, Leeds, then Leicester. Let's just focus on those five teams for now. Now, people feel that Southampton are pretty much already gone. They've got Forest up next. And... If Forrest were to win that, I think that pretty much puts the nail in the coffin for for Southampton. Mathematically, they they can't get relegated this weekend. No, they can't. Um, but a defeat this weekend pretty much puts it puts it, but you know, puts an end to it, and they will be playing in the Championship next season. 
You've got Everton on 29 points, Forest on 30, Leeds on 30, Leicester on 30. The big difference here, those three teams that are on 30, the first thing that jumps out to me is the goal difference. Forest are on a goal difference of minus 32, Leeds minus 24, Leicester minus 13. That nine goal difference... Okay, it's not beyond possibility that it gets <laughs> reversed. Um, but at the minute, it feels like... Well, it, it is an extra point because that is the reason that Leicester are out of the relegation zone. Leicester are 16th, which you think, all right, okay, we're 16th, but I'll take it. But the reality is we're on the same points as Leeds and Forest. So that goal difference is is huge at the minute. So what Leicester need to do is, is you know, if they are going to lose a couple of games out of these next four, do not get battered. Don't go up to Newcastle and lose 5-0. Don't lose 4 or 5-0 at home to Liverpool because then you, you're right back in the shit, big time. So, right, so let me start with Leicester. So Leicester's next fixtures are Fulham away on Monday, Liverpool at home, again on a Monday, Newcastle away on a Monday, and then the final game of the season is West Ham. I'll come on to West West Ham in a bit. Now, I think realistically, I think the most Leicester can get from those four games is four points. So that would put Leicester on the 34. I need a pen. I have pen. Right, <laughs> Leicester would be on thirty-four points. Now, I don't, I don't really care where those four points come from. I'd take four draws if it means it's enough. If it means we lose, you know, if we lose to Fulham but then beat Liverpool, so what? It doesn't matter. I think four points is the most that Leicester will get from that. Then you look at Leeds; they're also on thirty points, but they've got that big or or, or worse sort of. Um, Goal difference, they've got Man City away, Newcastle at home, West Ham away, and then Tottenham at home. Now, you automatically look at that, and I know football does not work this way, but I think for me, regardless of the fact that Sam Allardyce has come in, new manager bounce, blah, 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 all of that sort of stuff... Which, the new manager bounce did work for Javi Grazio. I think he won three of his first four games, but then it just went to pot after that. You've, you've, got to, you've got to believe that Man City and Newcastle, you might as well write those two games off for Leeds. That would be what most people would go for. You, if you were to look on any betting site... they would have Man City as massive, massive favourites, especially at the Etihad and even playing Newcastle at home. Newcastle are just different gravy this season. So then they're relying on getting something away at West Ham who could actually be fighting for relegation still by this point. And then Tottenham at home. Who knows what you're going to get from Tottenham? You're either going to get a Tottenham team that are going to lie down because they've pretty much given up for the season or you get a Tottenham team that Harry Kane and Son run riot and they win 3 or 4 nil. 
I think at best, at best, I can see Leeds getting. three points maybe four points so that puts them also on 34 now Forest they've got Southampton at home very winnable very very winnable I've, I've said it all season that Forest at home at the city ground different team and that will be the difference between them staying up and going down is how good their home form is Southampton at home, Chelsea away. Now, this is the game that I think Chelsea will win. They've then got Arsenal at home. And then they've got Crystal Palace away. I think, to be honest, Forrest are going to get three points out of those games in some way, shape or form. That puts them on 33. Everton... Who are on 29. So so the, the Everton have actually got one less point, And their goal difference isn't great either. Minus 25 currently. They're away to Brighton. At home to Man City. Away at Wolves. And at home to Bournemouth. So again. I look at that. And I think to myself. Well Brighton away. I don't fancy them there. Man City at home, no. You know, there, there is a crazy, crazy stat out there that in the last, I need to word this properly, in the last five seasons, when it comes to the final 10 games of the season, Man City have picked up 145 points out of a possible 150. Unbelievable. Unbelievable! You do. I nobody. Realistically, nobody can see Man City dropping any points between now and the end of the season. Now I've said that Leeds will probably go and bloody beat them at the weekend. Brighton away, very difficult. Man City at home, very very difficult. Wolves away. That's a game that they could get something from. And Bournemouth at home. Bournemouth are safe. Bournemouth. Bournemouth are safe now. They're on thirty nine. And if we are realistically saying that obviously Chelsea is safe on 39, then so so are Bournemouth. Okay? So, mathematically not safe, but yeah, all good. So, Everton, I don't know, is there six points there for Everton? Is there four points there? Three? It's somewhere, for me, it's somewhere in the region of three, three to six. That Everton could get. Now let's go on the basis that they get six. That puts them on 35. So they leapfrog everyone. And given the goal difference, in the in the hope that in the hope that Leicester don't take a battering from Liverpool and don't take a battering from Newcastle, that would mean your bottom three. If we are saying that Southampton are already gone, your bottom three will be Southampton, Forest, Leeds, and Leicester will stay up on goal difference. Now, I know some of you listening to this will go, oh, well, you will say that because you're a Leicester fan. I've been saying all season, I think we're fucked, and I think we could get relegated. 
I also said, give me 17th on goal difference. I would snap your hand off for that. Don't get me wrong. If Leicester stay up on goal difference, I will be elated. I will be buzzing. But then once all of that has died down and I think, oh, thank God for that. You know, if, if this was to happen and I think, oh, thank God for that. We're not, we're not going to be in the championship. next. We're still a Premier League team next season. The real, reality will kick in and I'll be thinking, how the hell have we ended up in that position in the first place? But that is probably for another time in a separate podcast. Now, I think the one to factor in here, is, another one to factor in is, is West Ham. So they're on 34. So there is a gap between them and Leicester. And from a, a goal difference point of view, they're on the same as Leicester. Now, their fixtures, they've got United at home, Brentford away, West Ham at home and Leicester away. Now, for me, if you if you consider that you know Leeds are scrapping for Leeds are scrapping, Leicester are scrapping, and you look at the fact that West Ham are still in Europe as well, and is that going to be something that their focus is on? You know, if they were to reach the final of that Conference League, will that take the focus away? Now, I wouldn't put it past West Ham beating United on Sunday. I don't think it. I think it'll be a draw that'll put them on thirty-five. And then I do think they'll actually beat Leeds as well. Uh, come the twenty-first of May, but by then, Leeds. Uh, so Allardyce will have had been at Leeds for a, a couple of games then, and you know Allardyce, former West Ham manager as well. You know, is it is it written that Leeds win that game, and then they've got to go to Leicester, who might need a win on the final day of the season. But so might West Ham. Now, if West Ham don't win any of those games, they could go down. Again, it could all depend on goal difference. So, look, I said I would do a bit of a deep dive and look into it and sort of look at all the different sort of permutations and all that sort of stuff. Effectively, what this tells me is that I think 36 points will be enough. So, if we look at the league, as is, if 36 points is enough, Wolves are safe. And West Ham need two points. It is going to be a nervy, nervy end to the season. And look, all of this could get completely turned on its head. I mean, I've not looked at Southampton. Let's have a quick look at Southampton's fixtures, just in case. Because again, mathematically, can still get out of it. Okay. Tough. Tough fixtures. Um... Away at Forest, difficult game just because Forest at home, etc. Fulham at home, look, Fulham can't go, can't get into Europe, can't, won't go down, can't go down. Uh, so, you know, is that's potentially a winnable game? 
Brighton away, very difficult, and Southampton, uh, Southampton, Liverpool on the final day of the season, also very, very difficult. So that does say to me that you know Southampton are are pretty much gone. I think at best they can probably hope for what twenty. Uh, well, they're on 23 at the moment, I think. 24. They're on 24 at the moment. The best they can hope for is 28, which 28 points, which won't get them out of the bottom three, as is. So, yeah. Um, effectively, I think it's between Forest, Leeds, Leicester and Everton. And that is, that is what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with it being Southampton, Forest and Leeds. And because I've said that, and because I've actually said that on a podcast, that isn't going to happen. And I've got a horrible feeling I'm going to have egg on my face come the end of the season. I don't mind getting that wrong, as long as the end result is still Leicester staying up. So, right. If you've stuck with me for this long, I thank you from the bottom of my heart, because uh, I've, I've waffled somewhat. So, before I go into the this weekend's fixtures, and there is football, despite the coronation going on. A fixture in London as well, which is crazy to me, but hey-ho. Just want to say a big thank you to everyone that has listened to all the episodes I've done so far. Uh, obviously, there are plenty of games left in the season. We've still got Champions League, FA Cup, Europa League, although there's no English teams left now. So, you know, I'm still going to be doing episodes for another few more weeks, but a big thank you for for sticking with me, and uh, it's very much appreciated. Don't forget to check out the other Games and Grab stuff that we have going on. Like I said earlier, episode 20 of The Clubhouse is out now. That is Sonny G's podcast. Uh, might Might be getting a guest or two in the next few weeks. We shall see. A familiar voice maybe, on there. Don't know yet. We'll see. And Finn, absolutely smashing it over on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash the Finn Steel for that. Right. Let's whiz through these Premier League fixtures. So tomorrow we have Bournemouth-Chelsea. I actually think this is going to be a Bournemouth win. Uh, Man City-Leeds. Obviously, I want Man City to win. Interestingly, and I don't know why this has happened, but we have a Saturday 3 o'clock game on Sky Sports. There we go. Is this a sign of things to come? We shall see. Spurs against Palace. I'm going to go Spurs to edge it because despite what happened last week, they should take a bit of confidence, the fact that they were able to come back at Anfield and, you know, it should have been a draw, but there we go. Uh, Wolves Villa, a West Midlands derby in that one. I am going to go for a draw in that one too. And then Liverpool, I think, will beat Brentford at Anfield. Big game at the top of the table. We've got Newcastle against Arsenal. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's a tasty one. That is a tasty game. Um, oh. I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
Arsenal. Arsenal win. And then on BT Sport on Sunday night, you can tell it's getting to a weird stage of the season. West Ham at home to Man United draw. I've caught in a lot of draws. Tell you what. But then again, I was just about to say I, I ought to bet on them because I'd get really good odds, but no, no. Fulham, Leicester. I hope that the Fulham team that turns up is one that is already thinking about where they're going to go on their summer holidays. So, positive vibes and all that shit. Leicester win. Brighton, Everton, I'm going to go Brighton. And Forest, Southampton, I am going to go with Forest. And they are your fixtures for the weekend coming. Nervy times, ladies and gentlemen. Nervy times. Not sure if I'm going to survive the season. Monday was... Such a weird feeling coming out of that ground on Monday. But there we go. That's why we do it. That's why we love football. Um, The good news is, is that Leicester have announced that they are freezing their prices for existing season ticket holders which I feel is uh, the right thing to do all things considered so there we go thank you very much for listening don't forget to check out my social medias Instagram and Twitter and I'm also on Facebook as well but I very rarely update it but I am on there and obviously you can listen to the added time football podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Podbean. I am aware that the uh, picture on Apple Podcasts is from episode 35. I have changed it. It's just Apple haven't updated it. So, uh, And I'm also aware that on Spotify it says that this is an American football podcast. Again, I've tried to change it. It won't let me. There we go. I'm sure it won't make a huge difference overall thank you very much for listening stay safe stay well up the city and i will see you next time goodbye